This podcast is brought to you by the Kansas City Barbecue Store, the official provider of barbecue supplies to listeners of Pitmaster. And you don't want to miss out on this discount from the Kansas City Barbecue Store. From smokers and fuel to rubs and sauces, the Kansas City Barbecue Store has everything and anything you could possibly want. Make the Kansas City Barbecue Store your one-stop shop for all your outdoor cooking needs. As a listener of the OVS Pitmaster podcast, you can get 10% off of your order this spring by using the code PITPOD, P-I-T-P-O-D, all caps, for online orders at www.thekansascitybarbecuestore.com. This podcast is brought to you by BarbecueData.com. BarbecueData.com is your one-stop shop for all of your barbecue competition data. Historical data, calls, wins, placements, everything under one roof. It's a great way not only to track yourself in the standings, but also to track how you improve your scores from year to year. Listeners of this podcast can receive 20% off of a new subscription to BarbecueData.com with the code PITPOD. That's one word, all capital letters, P-I-T-P-O-D, PITPOD. So check your team scores, check on others, and do it all on BarbecueData.com. Welcome to another edition of Pitmaster, an old Virginia Smoke podcast. My name is Luke Darnell, host of this podcast, and... I have with me today the CEO of KCBS, Rod Gray. How are you today? I'm good, Luke. I'm, I'm, I'm I guess I'm happy to be here. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna cover a serious topic, and I need to be serious. Absolutely. And you've had a busy few weeks, huh? <laughs> uh, you know, you'd think it would slow down, but no, it's been pretty busy ever since the American Royal Open. But uh, I think we see some light at the end of the tunnel. Not that That's I'm trying to rush it out of the way. Just we, you know, there's so much to handle here. Absolutely. Well, let's let's dive into it. Um, so, what happened at the American Royal Open contest? So, um, for the Open, we had some tabulation issues that resulted in awards being delayed, and ultimately, the score, the the results that were read on stage. Um, ended up being different than the results we published on the website about 1 p.m. Central Time the next day, which immediately caused concern to uh, not only me, but the entire ref team. And uh, that lost an investigation, and we completely audited the contest. And in the end, it turned out that the wrong winners were called and that there were new winners uh, for the American Royal Open. When... Um... So there was the delay there and it was kind of, it was a weird thing, but I think everybody on site was kind of like, okay, cool. They found an issue and they're fixing it. What happened to initiate the first delay? So there's a report out now that Park Road Technologies has, has, has created and we've published on the website and it's 14 pages and it, it goes through a series of things. And, um, you know, my simplest answer would to tell you that things just snowballed, but I, I don't want to simplify it. I don't want to, you know, downgrade it. It was, it was all very serious, but I was not in the tabulation room, but, uh, as I understand, um, there were some zeros showing up in the results. 
that's always a concern at, for KCBS officials at a barbecue contest. It, it means that something didn't get scored. The difference is that at the American Royal, which is the world's largest barbecue contest and a completely unique animal when it's nearly 500 teams, is uh, like no other contest, teams don't show up. As many as 20 of them pay to get in it and then just don't show up. So um, we we made some efforts to go around on Saturday and, you know, tell teams they needed to come get their boxes if they were there. There were a lot of missing teams and and uh, that carried into tabulation when they were, were getting their results and seeing the zeros. It, it caused some alarm in the judging area. Uh, and then we from there, we compounded. Um, there's a known glitch in score that. It, you need to default it to the right number of entries on a table. And uh, the master computer was defaulted to six, but we were merging data that had more than six entries on the table. Uh, that causes score to eliminate the seventh entry on a table. So we were seeing some more zeros unrelated to teams not turning in. And as we were working through that and fixing it, um, we decided to change paths and rekey the, re-key the contest the world's largest barbecue contest. Now <laughs> I wasn't in there. I don't have the experience of the reps. Uh, I stand behind what they did in the moment because they did what they thought was best. Um, and the part I didn't tell you was the positive part. And that was that we had an amazing team of tabulation folks in that room. And we finished tabulation about 3 PM that afternoon, uh, which is ahead of schedule, which made everybody feel great. Um, as a result, some of the folks who weren't contest reps, but were just tabulators were excused because uh, their work was done and they went home. And then it was after that, as we were looking at the results on the screen versus the results that were printing, and we were seeing these zeros that we began to question the results. And what that did to the group in the room is it caused them to lose confidence in uh, the results they had created. Right, which isn't, a, uh, you know, no one wants to feel that way, as you said, going into the awards for the uh, for the largest barbecue contest in the world. Um, I've, I've briefly looked through the report since it's been posted a few minutes ago. Um, was technology an issue uh, in regards to what happened? I think that... I'd like to tell you no, um, but I think technology plays a role. Uh, the, the one glitch that caused us to lose some confidence in the results was a known glitch, but it's very difficult to recreate. To recreate it, you have to be A, merging data, which only happens at four or five contests a year. And two, you have to have a situation where there are different numbers of entries on the, the tables that day. Uh, which happens a lot at the American Royal. We, you know, we start out uh, judging seven, for example, in a category. And when we get near, to near the end of, of filling the trays with boxes, realizing where, you know, the window's closing, then we adjust based on the number of entries we've received. And so some of them will have six. They may even have five. The last tray might even have five on it. Um, but so, so in terms of your question, did technology play a role? The role technology played is that uh, there was a known glitch that was difficult to recreate. It happened at the American Royal, and we were having difficulty um, fixing that. I'll just use common language, fixing that. 
Uh, also, looking at the report, which I think that uh, the technology company did a really good job of laying out, you know, every instance, and also the organization itself offering up uh, steps that corrective measures, right, to make sure that this doesn't happen again. What do you think are the most important ones of those? Are the corrective measures listed in the report? Um, so the report that the action plan is broken down into seven items that we need to concentrate on in, in, in a large event, an event this size. Um, some of them are seem simple that, that potentially broke down in this situation, a chain of command where we get to a certain person in the group and, and what they say goes period. It's not uh, ruled by committee. I think we need to work. And that's not common in KCBS, by the way. There are no head reps at a contest. They all have equal authority. So in situations where we have to group uh, reps together, um, I think it's probably important that we create, you know, lead people uh, so that there's someone who, you know, the buck stops with them, for example. I think that's important. Um, I also think that we need to revise our process for making sure that teams that aren't there, that have not checked in, get removed from uh, the database before we start to score the contest. And I'm going to elaborate on that right now. And it's a question I know a lot of people have. I received, I saw a lot of remarks, a lot of questions about how Team 398, um, Eric Lee's Fire Dancer Barbecue, got scored in ribs. I initially heard chicken and ribs, but that wasn't even true. Uh, they received a score in ribs. And I want to tell you how that happened. Um, in the judging tent, and it's kind of loud, the table captains call out the numbers uh, of the teams are about to, the judges are about to judge. Uh, in that tent, it appears a table captain called out Team 398. So Team 398 was written on the card. Uh, they scored their categories in ribs. The, the cards are checked. They're not, we don't check that against the boxes. It's never been done. So it goes from, from the table captain who checks them onto uh, a rep or, or a representative who checks them. In the case of the Royal, it goes to a table where it gets checked again, and then it goes on into tabulation. No reason to call alarm to team 398 because we don't have a team list with us. But when it gets into tabulation, they go ahead and tabulate 398 for the rib category. And later they discover that 398 only turned in ribs. Um, but actually team 498 is missing a rib score. <laughs> now, just to make the plot thick, and that happens to be Machete Boys Barbecue. Absolute coincidence. They catch this error. They correct this error. But in their haste, they do not delete team 398 out of the system. So let me tell you what's unique about this to happen. One, it's not just that a team didn't show up and got scores. It's that it's that randomly a table captain calls out 398 instead of 498. But the factor is that team had to have entered the American Royal and have a number and be in the system initially. We didn't know Eric wasn't going to show up. So initially we programmed what we were given into the computer. So there was a 398. Coincidentally, a table captain calls 398. The judges write it down. It goes completely to the system. We get into tabulation. We tabulate the results for 398, which happened to already be in the computer. Had it been 399 and there wasn't a team 399, then the computer would have said, "Hey, wait a minute. We don't have a we don't have this number in the system. 
and it had been caught then, but that's not how it happened. So it's just this series of events that just pile on top of each other until you get to that end. And then to make it worse, as we're doing the as we're doing the uh, the audits, we're focusing on every scorecard we have. We find that card, we see where 398 is crossed out and 498 is written because that's who it's supposed to be. And uh, and so all looks good. And when we go to publish the results, <laughs> Fire Dancer still shows up with the rip score. It's not funny, but I've poured over this so much that it's just for all those things to line up and happen is uh, is nearly unbelievable. Yeah, that's that's kind of the perfect storm of and snowball effect as you as you mentioned earlier. Yeah. It's um, and I'm glad that you brought that up. You took one of my questions because uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and since we're on this topic, Luke, so there were things that happened that caused the the tabulation team to lose confidence in those results. And then there are things that happened that caused the teams to lose confidence in those results. And I think the two things that, that most importantly caused teams to lose confidence in the results were the situation I just described with, with Fire Dancer Barbecue showing up and not being there. But the other one is, and I got several calls about this, asking if tables judged 12 entries in the contest. And they did not. And so I had to dig in to figure out why. Well, the score program has alternate table numbers that it uses. That's why we always see those same table numbers when we go to look at our individual results. It's not the actual table number. It's an alternate table number. The program doesn't have 100 alternate table numbers in it. And so once it uses all of its alternate table numbers, it reuses those alternate table numbers. So you, you'll see, I can't, I, from my days cooking, you used to see the same numbers all the time. I think it was 320. One of them, I don't remember, but whatever mm -hmm. that number is, you would, you could go through the results and it looks like that one table judged 12 entries because score reused that alternate table number. But I think that and this fire dancer barbecue listed as turning your ribs, I think that caused teams to lose confidence in the results. Yeah. And uh, wow, I didn't, that, that's interesting to know about the alternate table numbers. Um, obviously in situations like this, Hindsight is twenty twenty. Um, yeah. <laughs> looking back on it, you know, what would you have done differently? So that's a great question, and it's easy to talk about what I've done. What would have done differently, and I can tell you over the course of the last, uh, you know, three weeks, months, I have thought of a hundred things that I maybe could have done differently. I don't know that that matters now. Um, if I were presented with the same situation, um, I I would rely on the people who have the experience, which are the rep, to probably guide me. Realize I've been here one year, and I have very little experience on the backside of a contest, meaning the side that KCBS now manipulates and runs. So I'm still learning all those things. Uh, I, I think this is this is the one thing that that really I lament. Um, I was at the event until 4 p.m. on Sunday. I left at 4 p.m. I loaded my truck full of all the stuff we had in the in the check-in area, and I went home, same as I did the year before. Um, at 4.45, I get a text message from a team saying, what's going on? And I said, I don't know what's going on. And they said, they've delayed awards. And I went, ah. So I reached out to the rep team. I said, hey, let me know what's happening. And the response I got was, hey, we need about 40 minutes. I'm like, okay. I just, I just thought we were, you know, fine-tuning everything. 
40 minutes pass. I don't hear from anybody. So I reach out to the reps again. And the response I got was, we just finished chicken. Um, and, and that alarms me because that sounds like they're re-king the contest. So I call and they're re-king the contest. So uh, I had put on some casual clothes, getting ready to watch the Chiefs play on Sunday night. And I realized I need to go back out. So I leave. I'm back out there uh, by 6 o'clock. Uh, we are done with chicken, we're finishing ribs, and we're working on pork and, and brisket at that time. Um, the tabulation room, you could feel the tension in that room, and uh, folks were doing the best they could, trying to get it done. Uh, I think the one thing I would have done differently is before the results went out the door, I think I would have asked that group how confident they were in the results we were about to hand over to the Royal for the contest. And I, I think I read people pretty well. And even if they would have told me they were confident, if I would have read something else in their face, I think I would have had to decide if we go on stage and, and have those awards or if we call it for the night. And that's easy for me to say now. In the sure. moment, uh, it didn't cross my mind. Sure. And there was, you know, it's a unique situation and there was tons of I'm sure your phone was going nuts asking what's going on and <laughs> from everybody out in the parking lot. What's going on? There was uh, a lot going on uh, that <laughs> evening. There was a lot. Uh, it, it's another amazing cir circumstance of this is that the two teams involved at the top are really good friends in machete boys and janky leg. And I think they've both uh, handled this really well, having spent time with them. Um, what's your interaction with both of them been like? So, um, Monday, when the results are published about 1 p.m. and I realize there could be a problem, I reach out to the rep team who's here in town and say, I think we probably need to take a closer look at this event. And we start auditing on Tuesday. And it, it took, it took four people all day to do a complete audit on two categories. So meaning we were half done. Um, there were some changes in the scores uh, there. And so driving home, I reached out to Jordan Kirkpatrick and said, I, you know, I can't tell you what's going to happen here, but I want to tell you that it looks like some things could change. I reached out to uh, David Ellis, same thing. I reached out to Brad Leiniger because Brad, Brad had interest in it. And Brad had reached out to me via text along the way. So I, I, I personally called all three of those people. I said, when I know more, I'll, I'll let you know. Uh, Wednesday, we finished the, the other two categories. And again, I called those three people and I said, okay, I know what's going to happen, but I have to talk to the American Royal first. But I just want you to know that I, I talked to you last night. I told you I'd call you when I knew. I know. I can't tell you. And they were all respectful and professional about it. So the next morning, I uh, Thursday morning, I let the American Royal know what had happened. And then it was my job to pick up the phone and call these people. Uh, my first call was to David Ellis because he um, was significantly affected by what had happened. And I want to tell you that I have only met David once or twice, and it's only a handshake and it was, I think one of them was when he was getting an award at the, at the World Invitational. So I don't know David at all. And in a 10 minute span, my call was only 10 minutes, Luke. In a 10 minute span, uh, of course he was unhappy. Of course he was disappointed. 
But before that call was over, David was offering to me his help to help make sure this never happens again. How about you've just been kicked in the groin, uh, kicked in the pants, told that you were not the GC, the, the grand champion of the American Royal Open. Um, and somehow you find it in yourself to offer your help in that call. I'm not sure that I'm that big a person in that <laughs> moment. I mean, I, I would have to be there, but David Ellis, um, I can't say enough about the way David handled it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I had him and Jordan on here together and, uh, you know, it was, we had a couple of fun moments in there with, with that just because the two of them were friends. Yeah. And, and Jordan handled it well. He wasn't, you know, of course he's excited. Of course, you know, he wins the American Royal. Of course, it, it you know, it uh, gives him a boost for the team of the year race, all those things. But Jordan also expressed how bad he felt for David Ellis in that moment. So, Absolutely. Um, you know what? They in the, In those moments that I spoke with those people, uh, they made a really difficult job a little bit easier. And, uh, I mean, it doesn't change what happened, but uh, the announcement that was made at the Jack about Machete Boys being invited to the Jack next year in Houston, that was tremendous. That was a great moment. Uh, uh, it was. And this has not been said, and I don't think he wants it said, but I am never going to take credit for somebody else's work. Um, I got a call from one of our reps that suggested maybe we consider reaching out to the Jack and asking them to do that. And I, you know, I was still too busy with what we were doing, but the next morning I got a call from a pit master and he just took it upon himself to, to, to make those calls without talking to anybody. And he got that ball rolling. And by the next morning, which I think was Friday morning, um, I talked to the representative from, from Houston, uh, Brian and, um, it was it was done. Honestly, it was done. Brian Dunwell, uh, stand-up guy from Houston Livestock and Rodeo, uh, Greg Lures from, from Jack Daniels. Those guys, uh, obviously, they never want it to happen at their contest. Brian said that. Brian said, we all know this can happen, and we just never want it to happen, and I just want you to know that we're all a barbecue family, and we're in this together, and they decided to do that, and and uh, I'll, I'll tell you, he doesn't want me to tell you, but Darren Worth is the one that started it. It, it wasn't me. It wasn't KCBF. We were too deep in trying to just get it fixed to, to, to look at that bigger picture yet. So Darren's the one that made those calls, and, and then we wrapped it up. And, yeah, so amazing of, of Jack Daniels and uh, Houston Livestock to do those things. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, last question, because I know you got a lot going on today. Uh, we're all aware of the negativity that surrounded this along with the constant social media comments, the conspiracy theories. Um, but what has come from the KCBS membership of the board and others that has been positive and that is something that KCBS can use to move forward with a positive outcome? Well, I'll tell you this. It's interesting that the negative comments are the ones that, that, that I'm going to say surface. It's not the word I want to use, but it's the word I have right now. And for every one of those negative comments, there are 10 positive comments. 
Um, my phone lit up with voicemail messages, with text messages, with, and I got emails and not just me, but, but, uh, you know, in the end, I hope everybody knows that it happened. We owned it. We apologized for it. We're still apologizing for it. And we're going to take steps to make sure we're going to take steps to prevent this from ever happening again. Um, and there were a ton of, of, of people reaching out saying, Hey, we have your back. Hey, we feel for you. Hey, what can we do to help? Um, for every negative, and I didn't see all the negative comments because I just didn't have time. Um, but for every negative comment, I will tell you there have to be at least 10 positive comments, at least 10. So people have been extremely supportive in a, in a really difficult situation. And, and I do want to say this. We've talked about a lot of entities in this conversation. We haven't talked about the American Royal. Um, the American Royal, uh, if they harbor any ill will, I don't know about it. They have been um, patient, understanding. They have been supportive. They have sent emails. They thank the rep team for the hard work they did. They have been appreciative of the steps we've uh, taken on our own to, to, to solve this, to correct it, to get the right trophies and order the ribbons again and everything that we've done. And um, they have been uh, amazing to work with in this situation. That's great. Well, I know we all appreciate all of the work that you guys have done on this, especially uh, owning it, the transparency, uh, posting the report, I think is, uh, is really a great move moving forward. And we look forward to what KCBS has, has coming next. So thank you very much, Rod, for taking some time. Luke, I appreciate the time. It's always great to be on with you. You're such a gracious host. And uh, uh, thanks for talking through this with me. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Pitmaster, an old Virginia smoke podcast. Be sure to subscribe and like the podcast, rate the podcast, and to share it out with all your friends. Also, be sure to check out the Old Virginia Smoke YouTube channel as well. Tune in next week for another great episode of Pitmaster. For companies interested in advertising, please contact Old Virginia Smoke directly via www.oldvirginiasmoke.com. Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast, is edited by Chris Sedanka. Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast, is a property of Old Virginia Smoke, LLC. All rights reserved. Old Virginia.